you caught punts in that Super Bowl. So I caught the hardest punt ever, by the way. That that's what I wanted to ask you. You caught the punt before the eighty-eight yard drive for the for the score, yeah? That was the scariest punt I ever caught in my entire life. What's going through your head? Don't drop this shit. <laughs> Happy Wednesday, everybody. This is Greenlight Pod. I'm your host, Chris Long, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be drinking wine today. Eight wines. Cowboy Reed went to Wegmans. He went to where'd you go? Market Street. Market wine? Street Wine. Shout out to Market Street Wine. They have a piano in Wegmans. I, that's a rumor. You didn't see it though. I didn't catch the piano. I went straight to the wine section. I know where the wine section is. You know that from experience, Cowboy Reed. Well, I don't drink much wine, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wine's in the way to get to the Arnold Palmer. I know exactly where the Arnold Palmer is, and I know where the wine is because it's on the way to Arnold Palmer. <laughs> Cowboy Reed is just, he's, he's the man, dude. He, he's got this thing mapped out. Got eight wines we're going to drink. And uh, as I said, I don't know shit about wine. I'm not high class. You know, like I don't drink like a guy with my bank account. Let's put it that way. I don't do a lot like a guy with my bank account. Um, Will Blackman. Played nine years in the NFL, Boston College Eagle. Played against him in college. Played against him in the pros. Defensive back, Super Bowl champion. He knows a lot about wine. He drinks like a guy with his bank account, okay? Uh, he is high society. He's high class. But he started this thing called Wine MVP. And it's basically like he's the plug. He's the wine plug. He's the middleman. You know, like these clothing companies that you... You're like, hey, this is kind of what I like to wear every month to get a box with different clothes and you return them or you're like, oh, that's cool. You guys know me pretty well. It's the same thing with his wine deal, the wine MVP. Not only, as I said, is he a connoisseur bordering on a sommelier. In fact, he's training to be a sommelier. He knows defensive backfield play, which is going to dictate so much of what goes on this weekend. You know, he was on the Giants team that slayed the dragon in Tom Brady the second time uh, in 2011, 2012. He was on that Giants team, and uh, I want to talk to him all about this weekend, the battles going on at the second level. Who's the fish? Who's going to get picked on? How do you stop Patrick Mahomes? What does Brady not like? We'll get into all that, but we are going to do this blind wine taste test and class it up in this motherfucker. And Will Blackman is going to help me do it. So shout out to him. Housekeeping before we get to Will Blackman. Uh, today's a momentous day. It was Groundhog Day, of course. But, you know, it's Groundhog Week as far as I'm concerned. And Macon's coming back this Friday. Uh, I know a lot of y'all are missing Macon. And that makes him feel very good. We're going to talk Groundhog Day. We're going we're gonna to probably rank some stuff. I said I would rank some stuff today. Uh, but it's probably not going to happen. Uh, and talk some some ball later in the week. But one of the biggest things going on today is 
we officially have merch. Like we don't have some big online shop, but I got a link. I put it on my social. Go check Twitter. Click on that motherfucker. If you like Groundhog Day as much as we do, buy, buy, buy. Groundhog Day merch to the moon. Right? Is that what people are saying this week? So, yeah, check it out. We got a big Groundhog um, t-shirt on the web. You can be big Groundhog too. We're going to take this shit over, guys. So, order one of those bad boys um, and you can be a part of like a ground floor investor, okay? You could be a green light hipster. You could have been listening to this thing from our first shitty show last fall. But if you don't get the merch, some other green light hipster is going gonna, is gonna to usurp you and, uh, and have bragging rights. So go check that out. Groundhog Day to the moon. Um, we'll talk more about that on Friday with Macon. But for now, let's get to one in defensive backfield play. We've finally done it. We got Will Blackman on, uh, nine-year vet in the NFL, Super Bowl champ, part of Super Bowl forty-six, uh, and that is relevant this week because that same <laughs> villain is in the Super Bowl again, and Tom Brady, depending on who you ask. Giants won that one twenty-one seventeen. But the more important thing is that I'm not a wine guy, and I've got the wine MVP here, Will Blackman. Will, it's good having you on. What's up, man? I'm I'm fired up. I'm glad. Uh... <laughs> I, I'm just like fired up. I'm just happy, man. I'm excited. I, I love, I love watching you play. I love what Dude, you do. I, appreciate I love what you're doing that. now, man. It's, it's exciting. Thanks, I man. I we, love your dad too. He's the man. Dad. He's the man. He's, he's got man. good haircut. He never changed. <laughs> <laughs> no, never changes. Here's the thing about you, and this is the thing I respect about you. You said something the other day. You were like, I saw this tweet. You seem to be very comfortable being yourself in the media. And one of the things you said the other day was that the new brand is just being you. You know, I saw Hawk and you interacted, my guy Andrew Hawkins, on that one. Yeah. I would agree. And you're doing, you're killing it because you're kind of following your passions. And one of them is wine. I'm looking at your setup here at home for the people listening. I mean, he's got one of those fucking cameras at his house that you see when people score touchdowns now, like the 8K cameras. I've, ne <laughs> I've never seen a guest so crystal clear as Will Blackman. Because uh, one of my uh, good friends, he's like a celebrity boxer trainer's name is jeremiah and he was filming when we were working out and i was like what is that he was like dude you got to get the 4k cam link you need to link that thing up <laughs> he said because your stuff looks terrible and i'm like all right so i got it and yeah i feel like i'm in a movie right now when i'm when i'm filming you know? dude so it I, looks i, I feel like you're in the room what does that mean yeah. though be yourself in the media because you know it's like you you have a certain way how you are off camera you know with your friends or family whoever but then when all of a sudden it's go time you have to straighten up you know you have to be right with certain words there's all kinds of like tv etiquette and there's a that's what's taught everywhere you know it reminds me too of i can tell which coaches like really understand either from experience or did their homework to learn from players to coach versus the coaches that actually went to these football conferences and sat in a seminar and like will will taught how to backpedal mm -hmm. or taught how to you know rip and, and do what have you i can tell the difference so i feel like you know the way media is going now is like you can if you find someone who's articulate and is well you know they're gonna do well you know it's like okay we kind of want to like shake a little bit and let's find someone who 
who, who may, who, we don't know. I think know? the medium is friendly for that now because like what you and I are doing, like I see you on FS1, you yeah. were on Speak for Yourself, you've been on Coward, and you like Colin a lot, right? Yeah, Colin's cool, man. So who's like somebody in the media now that you look at and you're like, this guy's the gold standard? You know what, it's gonna sound crazy, but at the end of the day, it's still to me, it's still Stephen A. Stephen A is it, a machine, dude. That's what I mean, though, because it all comes down to like, can you perform? Can you shake people? Can you get a reaction on people? And he does, whether he knows a lot about the topic or whether he doesn't, he's gonna make he's gonna make you <laughs> You're react. Exactly right. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, that's why he's getting paid what he's getting paid, man, because he he is the gold standard. If you can just you can perform to the highest level like he does and he does everything he's always on. So like I said, right or wrong, I respect everything Stephen A does. I, I, do, I do. Listen, he, you can tell he grinds even though, and it's almost an impossibility to be in front of a microphone every day. I mean, like as much content as you or I put out, it's hard to imagine every day having to weigh in on everything. Cause there's certain things you and I just don't probably feel like weighing in on or have the knowledge to do at a high level. And somebody like Stephen A who brings energy to overcompensate for that sometimes and it's consistent and seems to right. speak you know his mind even when it's tough i respect that i i i was on to what you were saying because i think in the medium that we're that we're in now you can go your own way a little bit you can you know like you, you can grow in spaces that are exciting for you you look like you have a legit setup you look like you've invested in the wine thing you know you've got the wine mvp which i'm gonna have you tell tell me about in a second then at the end of this segment we're gonna do a, a blind wine tasting. Okay, me and Will have been talking oh, about this shit. behind the scenes. But for now, I've seen you do so much wine content, which is cool. It might not be what, what, what everybody's clamoring for, like football fans, but what you do is obviously your passion. You get to talk about football and you get to talk about the vino. As somebody who doesn't know anything about wine, how did you get into it and what is the wine MVP? Yeah, well, for someone who doesn't know much about wine, I I'm, I'm the perfect guy to, to teach. So I got into wine, just, just enjoying it in college, you know, at, at BC. And I remember when I got drafted to green Bay, you know, green Bay is a big beer town, you know, beer and cheese mm -hmm. and, and kind of like, you know, wine is kind of, you know, more, more feminine, if you it's will. And, and, yeah. Uppity more feminine. And, and I love, and I love wine. So the same year I got drafted is the same year we signed Charles Woodson. Uh, free agency and which that story is crazy in itself that nobody else wanted him but Green Bay. Which yeah, what was going on that offseason? What did Charles say about what was going no, on that offseason? No, but because what happened was he had a bad rap, you know, on the Raiders. You know, he whatever you want to say, all kinds of things about him, and everyone was so scared they didn't want to touch that. Well, it's the almost like team, if you're on a bad team, you can get a bad rap just by being there. If you're in a dysfunctional organization. It's just know, like man. everybody gets painted with a broad brush, but that is an inc it's an incredible thing to think back on. That's another, that, that's another topic in itself, no question about it. But that's but that's how he ended up in Green Bay because that's the only team who wanted him, and obviously it, it worked out well for everybody. But he, I found out like he enjoyed wine, which was I thought was super cool. And then every uh, away game, he would take the defensive backs out to dinner, and he would you know we go to like a nice restaurant, he would buy all the wine and, and hook us up. And I was like, that's super cool. And then through this, through these dinners, I found out he was in the wine business himself, that he actually had his own wine label. And I was like, damn, dude, like that's bonkers, you know, to I always saw wine as like this untouchable 
uh, field, this in- intimidating field, like you said, you had to be uppity, you had to be, you know, very distinguished and, and buttoned up to have wine. And I got this dude that I play football with, who's, you know, total badass, has his own winery, um, which I thought that was dope, you know, and so that really made me more comfortable and sparked my interest to want to know more. And then of course, yeah, when you're in the NFL, you get to go to all these like corporate events. And of course, again, they have all these wine with executives. I have people with, you know, swirling wine in my face and trying to explain to me like the legs and all these details. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it means, but I was so, I was so curious, you know? So, you know, the same way, I fell in love with wine is the same way I fell in love with football. And it was because of the history of the game. My dad had all these VHS tapes from NFL films with John Facenda and Steve Sable and Mm -hmm. Sam Spence, you know, Sam Spence. Mm -hmm. And your dad was in all those damn films. The autumn wind is a pirate. (laughs) That's the best song right there. Um, and I used to just love those. And the same way I used to check out all these uh, wine videos. I subscribed to so many magazines because I was so curious. And so this is what really set me off to really want to get after it. So I remember I was with this executive in Wisconsin and he took me out to dinner and he's was swirling the wine. He was like, I love Burgundy. Burgundy is the best. And it was amazing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's cool. Mm. You know, I, I, I got to learn from him. And so later I'm a lone diner. So I used to always go out to eat on my own I'm with I enjoy you, dude. The, i enjoy yeah how does the I wife feel about you doing things alone because my, my lovely wife she does not like it when i go to the movies alone or go out to eat alone if i'm gonna stop if she's not doing anything and i do that then she's like what the hell bro you know <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, i definitely. don't do that no i don't do that you're just if alone I'm, in a corner at morton yeah, she's uh, at the house with the kids <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> like swirling some fucking merlot around in a glass and she's five miles let me, away let me get the whole booth okay? yeah, let me get the whole yeah. booth to myself so I, I went to this restaurant on my own i was like okay i got the wine list I'm like, all right, I'm going to order this burgundy, right? So I get the, I go to the list, uh, the section, and there's like 50 different burgundies. I'm like, oh, shit, dude. Like, I don't know which one to get because I, I thought it was his own uh, brand. Yeah, so I picked the burgundy and, and the sommelier walked away. He brought, then he brought the wine over. And I'm like, dude, I said, this is not burgundy. I said, it's a white wine. He was like, I know. <laughs> I'm like this. I'm like, what do you mean? You know, this is not it. What do you mean, Somalier? Yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, he was like, no. He said, listen. And then he explained to me in France, they uh, they go based off the region. So you so you have to know what that region produces. So if it's if it's a red burgundy, it's Pinot Noir. If it's a white burgundy, it's Chardonnay. So I was tripping. I didn't know all that. Wow. So like here you in the states, could have had me right now. At that. Like here, like here in the states, we we can put the varietal on the bottle. We can say this is Pinot Noir, this is Chardonnay. But in France, you have to know what that region produces. You know, yeah. so that's you know, I was like, now I'm really curious to know what the hell is going so on. You were sounding that- like a, a wine cop. You were just basically like, <laughs> "Hey man, let me get a Burgundy," and then he brought you out some white wine, and you're like. <laughs> And that's, yeah, freeze. This uh, is not like, this burgundy, a sting Daniel. operation. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you mentioned just from the beginning, you going out, because I went to the same rookie dinners, right? And unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize this. They take you out to dinner all year, and you might have an OG that's going to buy you wine like Charles Woodson if you're lucky. But for the most part, it, all roads lead to the rookie dinner at the end of the year. Yes. 
and he was, and he was nice about it. He took care of us. The rookie dinner for people that don't know is basically at the end of the year. We all, as rookies, or at some point during the year, have to go out to to dinner with the whole defense if we play defense. Like, and it's and usually wear. an unreal, insanely expensive steakhouse. So basically. You get to this dinner and you're like, man, I hope they take it easy on me. But most of those stories end with, especially the first round pick, getting the bill. And usually they prorate it depending on where you got drafted. So like I got crushed, you know, being a first rounder and whatnot. Mm -hmm. When I tell you I spent 20 grand that night, I spent 20 grand that night on a dinner against, not against my will, because I know if I didn't bother about it, they go away. I know some people are like, damn, 20 grand. But This is St. Louis? This is St. Louis. This is We had some real old vets that were- Did Nelly, did Nelly show up to the dinner? Uh, Nelly did not show up to the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Nelly didn't show up to the dinner. But we went to a Fleming's. How do you spend 20 grand at a Fleming's? You spend it on Opus One. Opus, yeah. So I was going to say, out so, the gate, Louis, uh, Louis the 13th, out the gate. It's the yeah, liquor, it's bro. the Louis. And then at one point, I remember- Pisa, who was a linebacker on the team, he started ordering Opus One, and I had to be like, "Hey, listen, man, I've been really cool about this night, but you're not ordering any more <laughs> wine. You're not. This isn't. You're not getting to-go bottles of wine for you're your fight, fucking basement fight mode now." <laughs> yeah, dude. And they were kind of like, "Okay, this rookie's been cool. Now he's not acting so cool. We're gonna cut the Louis off." But that's what it goes down like in the NFL, and that's that probably is the, where, that is the norm. That that's is the the, probably norm. the time that most college, former college football players, and now rookies get to experience what good wine is at the at the you know direction of a vet reluctant reluctantly reluctantly like <laughs> damn this is good <laughs> you know so Wait, what did that what did that receipt say you've been doing a lot of homework because i was reading an article about the wine stuff you've been doing and i saw you went and studied under people and you're trying to be i don't know like is it like karate with being a sommelier there's different belts or you know like yeah different... essentially it's like that so i'm in i'm in two like certification field, certification fields, if you will. So court of masters, that's the one you can keep rising up to be one of those massive sommeliers, mm -hmm. um, which is, there's only like 200 in the world. It's a 6% success rate. So right now I have intro. They get paid, huh? They, they can. Yeah. I, I got it. I have an intro certification and then the next one is certified advanced and then master. So I'm like one of four mm -hmm. and the other other one is Wine and Spirits Education Trust. It's based out of London, um, but they have one here. And you have level one, level two, level three, and then level four, you get a diploma and you can be an actual certified teacher. And so I have my level three exam in like two weeks. Damn, um, dude. Yeah. So I so, got, that's what I'm saying. I got stuff, books. I got wine so, everywhere so, on my desk. So, so you're like a north of a yellow belt. You're like a brown belt right now. You're working up. I would to say, this. yeah, I would say level three is like a brown belt. Nice, dude. I, I could definitely a level a brown belt could definitely karate you shop be, the you fuck could, out of you me. Could be so ass, you, 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 so listen, you. I feel pretty good about your wine, dude. It's it's amazing. And one of the things I noticed, like, okay, if I give you my region right now, I live in Central Virginia. What do you think about the grapes? I think it's dope because that's I what I'm saying. I okay, I'm leading you into something here. Yeah, no, because like Charlottesville has some cool stuff, and then. I lived in Leesburg and Leesburg right. is a, as a badass wine area. I used to actually, here's what's funny. So when I played for Washington during OTAs, you know, you're done by like noon. Right. So you have like the rest of the day right, right, right. and I would get boots and I would drive to Leesburg and I literally would, wor would work on vineyards after practice. <laughs> I was nuts. Man. So you had a, you had a, you had two jobs. <laughs> I had two jobs. Yep. I had I basically two jobs. That's insane, dude. So, yeah. 
So did you tell people on the team? Were they like, this dude's bugging? No, 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 no one knew. No, they knew I liked wine. I used to go to the Ashburn wine shop and hang out there all day and just all the distributors would come in and I would try wine. But no, no one knew I used to go to the vineyards. Come on, back that up for a second. You said what about the Ashburn wine shop? I used to go there and try wines when the distributors came in. Oh, I thought you said the strippers would come in. I was like, strippers oh, like don't wine? Even don't even try to. You, there you go. In Ashburn, where they at? Yeah. <laughs> hey, the people listening might be like, I thought he said strippers. I did say distributors pretty quick. You so did? It did sound like strippers. No, I was, I was knee deep So in you're the, the first guy. You're one of the only guys in, in NFL. You're one of the few guys in recent NFL history that's had two real jobs. You know, like I don't know too many guys that left OTAs to go do something else uh, in the afternoon, and you're definitely the only dude. I didn't get I didn't get paid to do it. I just did it to learn love to of the game about viticulture. Love of the game. What did you call it? What kind of culture? Viticulture. Help me with that, so I can Vit. say it confidently next time I'm around. Like V I T I, just viticulture. Viticulture. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm into viticulture. Yeah, I like I like uh, burgundies. I like maroons. Would that fuck me up? Would I sound like a wine? <laughs> so, so well. What's the why, dude? Hey, I say that's <laughs> some funny. So tell me. Shit, so tell bro. me. If you, I, no, listen. Next time you go to, I want to be with you, bro. I'm when like, I let's go to a restaurant. I'm like, where's your list of maroons, man? Yo, will, we should do some content where you take me to a really nice restaurant <laughs> and just let me ruin your reputation there. Dude, I will fall. I'll be sw- I'll be swinging a thing around asking. Yeah, I, I like maroons. Uh, <laughs> what's the wine that when an athlete buys it? Because you've been in locker rooms now with everything you know. And not everybody knows what you know. What's something you could say at a nice restaurant or something you'd order at a nice restaurant to let everybody know that you don't really know what you're talking about? Say the big wallet guy comes in and buys. What's the thing that the rich guy buys that you're like, yeah, he doesn't drink wine a lot. He just bought the stocky rich thing. If someone's like go and they buy like the popular brands, like everyone knows Opus. Opus makes great stuff. I know that was me. You I know? sounded like a total virgin when I texted so, okay, you. Okay, about- so for for example, when this this wine shop that I, I partner with um, here in California, this is how we know. This is where we keep an eye out for like crooks. Mm. You know, so they walk into the wine shop and the first thing they ask for is like, hey, you know, where's the Opus at? You know, where's the Camus? Mm-hmm. You know, where's the Bond? Camus. They immediately go and Bond. Bond is like five, six hundred, seven hundred a bottle. And they want to know where Bond is. And we're like, all right, dude, like you're a suspect right now. Yeah. Why yeah. do they want to know? Because they're going to do a wine heist? Yes. What are they going to like bust in your shop in the middle of the night? One hundred percent. That has Damn. happened several times. Damn, dude, really? Like, listen, a dude broke into the wine shop and legit had one of those like suction cups with the laser and poked the hole out. <laughs> I'm dead serious. So they were on some Mission Impossible. Yeah, or some guys will stay stuff bottles in, you know? Damn, so dude. It's, it's, I'm so interested yeah. in this stuff. We're going to get to the wine a little bit more, but but real quick, wine MVP. I, you know, a lot of people plug stuff on the back end. I'm, I think what you got going is so cool. Just tell yeah. us about that before we talk football. Yeah. So basically what the wine MVP is, it's a, it's a VIP concierge. So I'm basically the middleman and it started because I, I originally like most people wanted my own wine label and I'm like, damn dude, I got such a, a pretty cool network of people who like wine that I can just be the middleman for them versus me having my own wine. So I do everything from like trips and tastings. Um, I do brand strategy, consulting. And I, and the first thing I started doing was wine cellars. Uh, the first, actually the very first seller I did was Matt Ryan. Uh, he has a pretty cool seller in Atlanta. Really? 
Uh, Reggie Bush has a he built a brand new cellar. I filled his entire cellar up. Justin Tuck. I send Sydney Rice wine all the time. And Josh Allen, he just he called me before this. He has a cellar um, that I'm going to hook up. So I just Buffalo Josh Allen or Jacksonville Josh Allen. Buffalo Josh Allen. Buffalo Josh Allen drinks wine, huh? He loves wine. Yeah. Oh my God, dude! This guy is this guy's. He wanted he wanted he wanted to do a tasting, but he was like, "Man, let's go after the season." He said, "Cause you know, this year I'm I'm rocking." So who's got the best athlete wines? Because I know Gretzky has a wine, et cetera, et cetera. Like, so who puts out the best wine? I will say, I so Charles, his what's really cool is his wines. They're made in Paso Robles, Central Central Coast, and his wines are twenty bucks a bottle. His his Intercept and his Red Blend is like unreal but drew bledsoe his 2008 double back cabernet is is stupid and really um, rick meyer he makes a really cool chardonnay man his that shit is really good too wow um yeah so okay there's some guys doing some stuff out there i'll be on the lookout for all that i got i gotta get into this stuff so uh we're gonna do the tasting in a few but i mean obviously what makes you so so different in that space and i think what's cool i'm sure among people who are wine enthusiasts is like the athlete angle you you played nine years by you, the way i'm gonna have wine right now go I'm for thirsty, it dude i'm, thirsty as hell. I'm gonna I roll a, a joint a right after can. we get done here so i got, I got a wine in a can good like that wine no, in a can called, it's called nomadica i got a whole pack of raw cones here uh so, <laughs> <laughs> um your super bowl uh you signed with the giants in 2011 and i realized you signed later in the year. It was your second go round with this with this team. You know, drafted by the Packers. Um, so I got cut. I got cut the year Green Bay won. That was like devastating, dude. What's that like? It I mean, you just said it, but like, take us through that. Yeah, well, because again, when I when I tore my ACL in two thousand nine, I did everything. I did ACL, lateral meniscus dislocation. Like I fucked my shit up, bro. And you did it all the way. I did the whole You don't do deal. anything half ass. Did the whole deal. And you know, th- when I had my surgery, apparently apparently it wasn't done properly cuz when I came back, I felt even worse and I could I, I I could not get going. Yeah. And so they tried to move me to safety so I can get some reps and then all kinds of things happened and I was just like I I kind of saw the writing on the wall during training camp like and, and it just sucks too cuz I just saw the I remember we were in our team meeting and that's when McCarthy showed us the blank roster. Like he's like, we're going to fill this up this year. And we had all our wives are pregnant. So that's like a Super Bowl tale, you know, mm-hmm. wives tale yeah, as well yeah. too. Right. Yeah, it's true. So we knew we were going, then I got released, which was tough. And that's, I mean, that's the first time I actually saw like emotions out of Ted Thompson, you know, uh, rest in peace. To yeah. Him. Rest he, you know, soul, he, yeah. he, he held on to me for dear life. I remember I woke up the next morning. My wife turns around. She was like, I had a dream. I'm like, what? She said, you're going to go to the Giants. I was like, I was like, man, go to sleep. Like, you married Miss Cleo? I <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and um, and sure enough, like 10 minutes later, my agent was like, yo, the Giants want to bring you in. I was like, wow. I looked at her. I said, you're crazy. So I said, man, tell them to give me like a few weeks because my knee was jacked. So yeah. I went back. I went back home to California and rehabbed enough, came back to the Giants. And it's what's crazy is that I actually failed my physical. Yep. Okay. Cause he was, he said, your knee is still loose. Like I said, but I could run. 
he was like, all right, if you say you can run, you know, then by all means, like, go do your thing. Guy's got a loose knee, but let's just see how it goes. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, and it was me. <laughs> and guess who worked me out? It was me and David Gettleman. Oh, wow. Uh, at the time. And he's, I, it was crazy. He's the nicest dude, man. Yeah. Like, when I walked on the field, he was like, hey, he gave me, like, a big, big, giant hug. And he's, like, he was, like, so affectionate. Yeah. Which, which is funny because he's. And it probably felt like, like a good a good situation to walk into because they have a really great franchise. But I want to backtrack. Do. If you get cut, and I try to explain this to people, I don't care how many of your friends are out there. It's hard to root for the team that that cut you or that you're not on anymore. It's that, super hard. That Super oh, yeah. Bowl, let's be honest now, authentic media guy here. Were you rooting for the Packers? I I was I didn't care, man. That's what you have to do. You gotta you gotta reduce yourself to just rooting for your friends to have a good game. I didn't really, I didn't really care. I was just, I was like, man, I, I, cause I was there the whole time. I always tell people when, a, when there's a new head coach, right. There's a four year plan. Yeah. Like there's a four year process. Cause year four, you, all right, we got to figure some shit out now, you know? So McCarthy got there. It was like, okay, boom. Yeah. One, two, three. And then year four was like, all right, guys, we have all the pieces in place. This now. is it. Let's roll. Yeah. I knew, I knew, I knew that was the year. So, and that window's getting squeezed now the way, for quarterbacks and coaches, the way everything's well, sped well, up. I mean, everything, look at LA. Everything's in fast forward now, so that's a conversation for another day. But you get you you end up in New York. Um, the yeah, and then the next. So I played that season. So here, okay, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna tell you another rare situation, and you need to hear this. Yeah. So when I signed with the Giants, yep. right? I end up they end, I end up doing well. They signed me anyway. I signed that waiver, right? That says anything happens to your your knee, we're not responsible. Yeah. Right. And you, they we cut your pay in half, all that bullshit. So at the end of the season, my knee just ended up failing miserably. Um, didn't hold up because I, I needed, I pretty much needed another surgery. So they, the training staff calls me into the office and this is Ron, Dr. Ronnie Barnes. He was like, listen, you, you need to fix your knee. I'm right. like, I'm like, yeah, no shit. You know? Yeah. And he said, he took the contract. He said, we're going to rip this waiver up. He said, we want you to pick any surgeon, any physical therapist, any trainer, and you just sent us the bill. Wow. Tell me about it. And I was, and my contract was up. So I wasn't even a giant this whole time. I've actually never um, heard of that. Yeah. And, so, and this, I wasn't a giant. And this was, I think, during the lockout season too. So I, what and it was crazy. Was. I, I went, I picked my surgeon out here at Curl and Job, got the operations, flipped the bill. They got it. Anytime I went to physical therapy, sent in the bill, boom. Anytime I went to training, boom. And they did this for like eight or nine months. Jerry Reese was like, hey, man, when you feel better, give me a call. I'm like, yeah, right. I know you're saying it courteous. Yeah, I'm going gonna, 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 gonna to give you a damn call. And sure enough, I called them and he brought me in for another workout later in that season because they had a lot of injuries. And then the rest is history, bro. I, like, think, I, saw, I, I, I think I saw it was the last week in November, right? So yeah. it, people back looking at 2011 historically and the subsequent 2012 Super Bowl it's the lowest win total by a Super Bowl team of all time so at 9 and 7 so mm -hmm. and you guys scrapped and clawed to get to 9 and 7 so when you joined that team in late November you think I'm playing football for a month now be honest no because we did have the division sewed up it was kind of like how it is how it was this year in the NFC East, NFC East. You know? yeah yeah it was it was pretty wild and but we did, we got smacked by the Saints. I remember that. And we dropped the Washington game. And I was like, gosh, now for us, it came down to the last game. We played Dallas and we had to win that game. So 
unbelievable yeah. an unbelievable run i was at that game um i was staggering around mm -hmm. trying to skimp on my pain pills i had just had a surgery uh marshawn lynch ran through my right hand and i have a plate in it um <laughs> and and so this was me fresh off the operating table because i wanted to go down to indy and make some money and party right so that that week was a drag you know who you actually play with this is who i was going to mention was you remember clint sent him i love clint clint's one of my roommate in college yep yeah so i was down there to visit clint check that out but he was hurt at the time i just remember i mean like fast what, forward what into, years we're at uva again. i was there so we played you guys in the rain when yeah, they 05. had True Blood and, and, and had, those big and that tackles. Cheap shot. Cheap and shot. That Brad cheap Butler shot. on, on Kiwanuka. <laughs> yes. Which was cheap <laughs> as fuck, dude. God damn. And now I know this dude's a 37-year-old man at this point. I'm sure he feels bad by this point. <laughs> I know. Point, but, he probably forgot about it. And here we go. And here he is. He's on a podcast. He's probably an accountant somewhere. And he's like, remember, God damn so it. So you remember the dude who jumped on him afterwards, Al Washington? No. Nah. He likes, he snapped and jumped on him. Well, now he's the uh, linebacker coach for Ohio State. <laughs> oh, is he really? <laughs> you know what's funny is me and Jolon Dunbar became best buddies. I love Joey. So yep. Jolon was 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 an absolute dog and we had some great times in St. Louis. And, and at that time we're watching you guys play and, and uh, fast forwarding th to this game here, because I guess the first question I would ask is why did Coughlin's teams talking to guys there and experiencing it peak late? Why did giants teams seem to get stronger as the year went on? And why That's, did, why did they That's play that underdog role? Well, why did Eli peak late? I don't know. I think I think Eli needed something like that matters. <laughs> you know, right. I don't know because play, playoff Eli up. playoff Eli is is unbelievable. You know, yeah. And I don't we but we our team that year though the 2011 team we had everything we needed in terms of like we had the leaders we had the the grown men you know we had just badasses everywhere you did, but yeah. we also had like i think 30 guys on injury reserve damn near you know so there was a lot of plug and play trying to figure out we lost a lot of games late and i feel like every you know usually every year you play there's the one team you're just gonna get mopped and that was the saints they hung like 50 on us we were like okay let's get let's get our asses kicked and let's just go home it's you know, true just, the year we went uh <laughs> and we were a, a, a player two away from getting to the nfc championship i think we might have had a shot at repeating it was 2018 we lost the Saints forty-seven to seven down there in New Orleans, right? Yeah, and that's that, a hard place. Yeah, to they start playing that uh, fucking who is it on the bump, bump, <laughs> here bump. we come, and you're like, Whoa, I can I've heard that so many times today. But then we played them a second time. We really damn near beat them. Uh, so everything changes to your point, like the plugging and playing, the the reshuffling, and we had injuries that year too. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, we had some, we had some like hardcore leaders i mean if i just go down the list i mean offensively obviously eli you had jacobs and you had you know david deal you had richie sauber you had um uh snee you know yeah. defense oc Manura, justin tuck Dion grant intro role chase blackburn like you just just you know just so many leaders all over the place that was able to handle it yeah you know so i think that we were just we were just Stuff like that. I don't yeah, think we yeah, played I, an underdog role. We were just like, let's get into this playoffs, man, and then we can just like handle people. And see what happens. I feel like yeah. teams like that who are mentally tough can leave everything happen for 16 right. weeks just, behind let's them. Just get, say, let's, let's just one get game. in the dance, bro. Let's get in the dance. Bro. And that's the truth. And at the end of the dance, you caught punts in that Super Bowl. So 
I caught the hardest punt ever, by the way. That that's what I wanted to ask you. You caught the punt before the eighty-eight yard drive for the for the score, yeah? That was the scariest punt I ever caught in my entire life. What's going through your head? Don't drop this shit. <laughs> I just, Straight up. It's like, dude, like you don't you don't need to get everything they tell you to not think is what I was thinking. I was like, okay, we don't. I don't need a big return. Let's just get Eli the football. And so I'm going out there, and I'm like, gosh. I was like, if I drop this thing, like it will be the end of me. I will get absolutely obliterated. And I could tell myself, I was like, just don't drop this shit. Like, don't drop it. And for don't people listening it. at home, you weren't anywhere near the porch where you can kind of say, okay, past this point, you know, when guys like inexplicably to the untrained eye run away from a punt because they don't want to get Peter called and the punt hit them in the leg. And at that point, what's that point? Like five, no, that's what happened. it happened the week before Kyle Williams and the Niners. It hit his leg twice. I think that was the year. The ball. Yeah. That's the, oh, that, yeah. so at people at home, if you're a special teamer and you hear Peter, like get the fuck out of the way, but you didn't get let off the hook. You actually had to field the punt. And you I had, had to, to feel the punt, right. To get good field position. This wasn't like a thing like, okay, let me let it hit. And then it can roll. Like, nah, dude, we have to drive. So I actually had to run up. It was the ball was in the air for about a good maybe six minutes. <laughs> yeah, it feels that way, huh? <laughs> the ball and then I got to the point where I just heard my heartbeat. And once I heard my heartbeat, I was like, okay, good. I'm gonna everything's cool. I'm gonna catch it. Oh, good. I can and, hear my heartbeat. This is gonna go fine. That's not how my brain works. I don't yeah, know. It is because I could just hear myself. I, I the 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 sound from the crowd went out. I mean, everything was good. But you and I played very different positions where for me, it's like the more chaos I can create in my brain, the better. For you, you got to find a, a, as a DB and as... That's, that's when I know I'm in the zone though. Yes, your zone is if, quiet. My zone is loud. It's if, I'm playing, if I'm playing man, it's just like how they show in movies where you hear nothing else. You just hit a two guys. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The hand fight. And you're in a martial arts uh, movie. It's like, like, yeah, like it man. Or, so is the, scariest, know, is the scariest position to play in a Super Bowl DB and why or why not? No. It's kicker, right? Yes. Because Scott Norwood, everybody remembers that, but you can't tell me. I could tell a normal fan be like, Give me the worst, most egregious P.I. or mossing in Super Bowl history. Nobody remembers it. They remember the guy who caught the ball. Yeah, like they can say the, the non-call for that was on, what's his name, uh, Crabtree, you know, or, or anything, you know, the, a, a pick or whatever. It's those kicks. It's the you kicks, know, dude. You, you, you go back to the uh, right the uh, 15-1 and Vikings team. Where just kick it and you beat Atlanta and you go into the Super Bowl. Ooh. You know, you know that one. <laughs> Forgot about that one. And he never missed one the whole year. That was the first one he missed. Golly, dude. Yeah, it's terrifying. What's what's that version of that play for you as a defensive back? Okay, here's what's crazy about this is twofold, right? So this is my whole thing with like analytic or oh, pro football focus, right? Yeah. So when I was on Washington in 15, we played the Giants and I, I had a heck of a game. I think Odell had like one catch I on me. I had an interception and yeah. a bunch of PBUs, but I gave up two late fourth. I mean, back to back fourth quarter touchdowns. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> two back to back. Ruin your but whole then, day. <laughs> oh, ruin my day, right? And what's crazy is that week I finished second overall in the PFF. As a grade corner, and PFF. I was like, did everyone else put like shit? Like. <laughs> <laughs> 
they don't always know how to grade people. I mean, I like still, I think I, there's hey, some good it. analytics that that pop up, but like yeah. I think that some of the grading is a little off. You, where were you standing for? Because after that play, you say, "Thank goodness, okay, your 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 balls come back out of your stomach and they're down where they're supposed to be again, yeah. and you're on the sideline." And you're watching that drive. Where were you for the Manningham catch? No, I have no idea. You don't remember? No. It's funny how much of a blur that is, dude. Somebody, I, <laughs> I, was, don't, I, don't, I don't remember any sideline interaction that game. It's so all. funny, dude. I was just talking about this this <laughs> week. I couldn't tell you until this week I was talking about betting the, the anthem. And I went back to study, you know, anthem lengths. And just I was just down a rabbit hole. I literally was like, hmm. Luke Bryan sang the national anthem, <laughs> and then it's like panning. I was like, "This is our Super Bowl." I don't even remember that, so I don't know. My I just wife re- told me. I remember my wife told me because it was Kelly Clarkson, and she likes Kelly. Clarkson. She did a great job too. Kelly Clarkson yeah, crushed yeah. it there. What about that catch? Where do you rank that catch as far as Super Bowl throw catch connections? I don't know why. I don't know where I rank it, but it was. I mean, it's more you the couldn't throw. get you the throw was nasty yeah bro. okay but also the the catch was tough too because he had the awareness to to stagger his feet you know yep. in single file yep lean and then pulled his hands on the outside and single file and no and knowing he's going to get drilled yes you know and that what's funny is a lot of all these coaches like man you can't you need to catch it like this frame the football i was like bro just catch it because you you actually keep it away when you stretch your arms out underneath like this yeah went like this that would have got broken up out here and also the story is great too when you hear the audio let make them go to manningham make them go to manningham don't let hakeem or victor cruz make him go to manningham he went to manningham it was like so crazy dude i didn't i didn't ever catch that audio yeah bill belichick went to the dbs he said make them go to manningham do not let them go to hakeem or victor cruz you make them go to manningham this is still a cruz and nick's I mean, I know we're right on him. It's tight, but those are still the guys. Make them go to Manningham. Make them go to Pasco. All right. Well, let's make sure we get Cruz and Knicks. And that's exactly how they went. And he made Damn, that one real dude. Catch. And they went to Manningham. But I was, you know, the Edelman catch was amazing. To me, Santonio Holmes that was, is yeah. legendary. Still, that, the jury's still out on that catch. You think? You think so? <laughs> You think so? I mean, Julio Jones got one that, that you know, oh, like didn't amount to one, shit, yeah. but it was unbelievable. The curse catch. There's so many great catches. I think the Manningham throw was even more so impressive than the catch. How do you how do you truly feel about the Tyree catch? The David Tyree catch was more about the throw. You think it was more about the throw versus him hanging on? I think, listen, him and Edelman did an incredible job of focusing and catching the football, but so many things had to happen that were dependent on the other team making mistakes in those plays to allow them to make those incredible hyper-focused catches. I was more impressed that the ref didn't blow the whistle. <laughs> right, That's I right. I was impressed with No, but like me and Ninkovich were on here the other day talking about the scariest play, right, for a D lineman. And I was thinking it's a, it's a miss sack followed by uh, a big completion. And then Ninko was like, for sure, you know, XYZ missed that sack on Manning. And I'm like, you don't even remember and. To, to my point, you actually, I don't even remember who missed the sack. It's more about the throw. If you're D Ford and you jumped off sides two, three years ago, mm-hmm. or you, you were in the neutral zone, like everybody remembers that because the game stops. You know, it's like, look at this guy. But when you're the benefactor of the other team's mistakes, like Edelman 
and I'm not taking anything away from it. It's an unbelievable. It's one of the best catches in the history of the game. I actually would put Jules catch right up there. The only thing that works against him is a first down play. Um, right. You know, like Situation, the right. yeah, like the the stakes for Tyree, the stakes for San Antonio Holmes. Those so are the catches. Do you think San Antonio's was the best play in Super Bowl? No, I think the best play in that Super Bowl was actually in any Super Bowl period of all time was James Harrison's pick. Do you remember the pick that. six against Kurt no, Warner? No, no, no. Yeah, Kurt Warner. We dropped back and picked it off. So that wasn't even the greatest play in that game. But as far as catches are concerned to me, that's up there. No, that was sure. one. That was the most exciting. I would say for me, I think the greatest play ever was Malcolm Butler's pick, bro. Oh, like dude. That. <laughs> that right there. Unbelievable. <laughs> that right there. Oh, my God. Because it, it all it just... came down to was having the balls, one, to do it. And Malcolm definitely has the balls to do it. And two, it was that meeting that you're at the end of a meeting during the week and everybody's like, I need right. to get the, the fuck the out of here. The story. The story. Yeah. yeah. It's that one thing he picked up that maybe if it was three out of the other four guys in the secondary, they didn't pick it up. I don't know. But like he happened to be the guy. It was his turn to make that play. And he remembered. And he right. and he did it, you know, just right. to now, catch the, whole, the football. The whole story, the whole practice story, and then even B-Flow, like, Malcolm, get in the game. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, I, went, I actually, I played with, with B-Flow. B-Flow's the man, bro. B-Flow's the man. Love yeah, him. He was, how he is as a coach is how he was as He's a He's the dude. You talk about authenticity. It's exactly what we were talking about. Um, so the game is kind of flipped from the usual Brady story, which is interesting. They're the underdogs. They're the ones that kind of surge late. Uh, they're the ones that need to to employ a really good four-man pass rush to slay the the dragon, so to speak, in Patrick Mahomes. Brady's used to being on the other side of that. So first off, how do you see the game playing out? Man, you know what? It's I'm kind of cool with whoever wins, really, because I feel like Kansas City is the new dynasty, you know, in the meantime. But also, I I I love greatness. I do too. I, I, I love the fact that, like, it's so hard to win, bro. Yeah. And the fact that he, like, I, I don't, people, people get over it, but I'm like, you guys don't understand how hard that is. And yeah. it's so impressive. And I would like for him to get number seven and get the hell out of here. Right. <laughs> That's what right. I want him to do. But I'm just, I, I think it's cool. I love watching greatness. I love watching, like, people flourish. And for him to do that, I mean, it's just unbelievable. But I also can see, you know, Kansas City is that's that's the new wave, you know. But that's that's the team. But if anyone is built, it is Tampa Bay. They are they already got dragged, you know, the first time. So, so we're gonna be are, tired of Kansas City in about a week. I keep this theory I'm gonna drill it in people's heads. They are the most likable dynasty candidate, but they're gonna wear on people here in about a week. I'm telling you, whatever you think about Kansas City right now, if they win this game, people are gonna start to be like, Oh, they're that team. Um Andy Reid helps them be incredibly likable. Patrick Mahomes helps them be incredibly likable. And for years, I felt like Kansas City, through not just Andy Reid, I mean, his years in Philly, he was so close, but also Kansas City was that team knocking at the door. And now the well, door is kicked down, but they're acting they're acting awful quick, aren't they, to, trying to snatch up two Super Bowls in two years? Well, I think what you're saying will change once Andy retires. I think the fact that the whole world was rooting for Andy because he was so close in Philly and he just couldn't get there. Yeah. And the fact that he finally got, got his ring, you know, as a head coach, everyone is, yeah, everyone is rooting for the Chiefs, but it's more so about everyone's rooting for, for Andy. I think that's really what it is. And it'll change once he leaves. I, I promise you that. 
So with, with Brady, I mean, everybody knows he'll slice up man, right? Why is zone not as easy a look for him? Is that just a general rule for quarterbacks? The, the, the most of, okay, I gave the tail of both quarterbacks, right? The most challenging thing with Patrick Mahomes is that he can let the ball go from anywhere and it will get anywhere. Yeah. Right. If he's falling, he's going to go here. If he's going to his right, he's going to throw with his left. There's nowhere he cannot fit the football. That's right. dangerous in itself, right? Aaron right. Rodgers, Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, like those are the guys, right? Yeah. And so the, the hard thing with Brady is that he knows your defense better than you do. Period. Yeah. You know, there isn't there isn't anything he has not seen. I'll go back to the AFC championship game versus Jacksonville. Right. I think it was like third and 15. And the, the only route you're really going to run is a is a deep dig, you know, to get to the sticks. And so, you know, Jacksonville is in cover three. That's what they love to run. And the hook players, they they're reading the quarterback. Right. He knows that. So what does Tom Brady do? He drops back. And I think Miles Jack is the, the left side linebacker. He. He jumps to his left as if he's going to throw a check down mm -hmm. and he just moved the linebacker out just a smidge and he snapped back and boom, he hit, I think, Amendola uh, for a 15 yard dig for a first down. And I damn sure was watching that because I was in the, the office in Philly outside the training room, put my stuff on like, I hope, I hope we play the Jaguars. Damn it. <laughs> You, you know what I mean? Like that's no, the type no, of, of shit behind the scenes. No, I mean, it's, it's, no, it, no, I'm, I'm people don't, no, I know. It's so funny that people don't realize like you and I, like as players, there are moments like that. People with all these cliches, doesn't matter who we play, like all this no, stuff, like you're sorry. not watching the games. Like, no, Hell I was nah. putting tape on walking back into that office, trying to will <laughs> the Jags to win because I was worried about us matching up with Gronk and, and we, we held him in check till the second half. But look, we, when we, on the Giants, we were praying for San Fran to beat the Saints because we did not want to go back down to New Orleans. Oh, really? Okay, we didn't want to go back down there. Yeah, we already got dragged in the mud. We didn't want to go back. Yeah, to New that Orleans. makes so, sense. But, they hung fifty but, on you. But the fact that Brady knows your defense better than you do, it's kind of like okay, what has been the common theme to beat Brady? You got to get to him. You got to get to him before he gets to you. Right. Period. And if right. he's sitting back there and he can dissect and see what's going on trouble but if you can get to him before he can process information you're gonna win and that's all the super bowls he's lost he has been hit regardless he hit you guys for 500 yards and yeah dude we just got to we him. just kept the bleeding you know from i mean we, we 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 applied pressure we never stopped it until there were triple zeros but the whole second half felt like we were hemorrhaging yards and the minute they stopped being able to seven man protect and had to get guys out in the route to close distance faster we were able to get there, and that's the right. whole key. Is you know they, I think uh, I I think they're gonna if they can block Chris Jones, they'll keep him clean. That's the big question mark for me. Chris, yeah, Chris and Frank Clark. Yeah, I mean, Frank, I, I I think I think they're gonna unless Donovan gets lazy or falls asleep, they're gonna have a plan to help him. The kid I love is Worfs. Um, yeah, that dude is is solid already. Um, Honey Badger. What does he yeah. have to do to become GOAT status, bro? Like, I feel like he's one of the hardest ones to, legacy-wise, where are we with him? Because I don't think people appreciated how dynamic he was until he went to Kansas City. Yeah, well, I think he just ended up with the right person. You know, I think Coach Spagnola is totally an underrated piece for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, if any, he he took down Brady himself in 2007. You know, he, he, he knows what to do. And he was able to use, you know, dynamic safeties 
it, it understands like what Tom Brady likes. So I think for him, just keep building on his current resume. Yeah. You know, I think that's the thing for him. You know, he already has the title. Just keep building your, your his current resume. I mean, he, they already labeled him, you know, all decade safety and left out Cam Chancellor, which I'm still baffled about. You're baffled by that. No, oh, I'm not saying, gosh. listen, and by, when I say GOAT status, I don't mean that he's ever going to be the GOAT. I mean, Ed Reed to me. Yeah. Ed Reed and Troy. One and Troy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, like, I'm not saying he's going to eventually take Ed's spot or Troy's spot, but I'm saying to be in that conversation, Hall of Fame conversation, you know, he just has to keep stacking up the resume. He's on the right track. He is because the, the difference between him and pretty much every other defensive back, it's like his timing of when he makes his plays. Like, it, I feel like every time he makes a play, it's, like, right when they need it. It's, like, in clutch, clutch time, you know? It's clutch. not one of those, like, first quarter picks. Like, oh, okay, we got turnover. It's, like, okay, the team is fighting back, and it's, like, boom, he just shows up. The play you know, against he, the Browns, you know, he's sitting up there in robber and and just, you know, he's running straight across the field, sticks a foot in the ground, and then undercuts that route, and you're just, like, this was the perfect time, to your point, and the game yeah. wasn't the same since. So, um if you're a coordinator and you're Spags, what do you think his game plan is going to be against Brady? I mean, obviously you got to heat him up, but on the back end, what wrinkle you think they throw in? They blitzed him half the time the first time they played. That's kind of uncharacteristic for him. Where do you think they go this week? Well, I, I, here's an interesting thing too: is like they're they're throwing the, to the backs more. You know, right. I I thought if they last catch week the they damn probably... ball well. <laughs> You know what I mean? They irritate the shit out of me dropping those balls. I'm like, the goat's throwing you a check down, dude. You right. know, like put your hands out. No, I think the um, the biggest thing is they get just get the ball to them, and they might. I thought they would go 20 personnel last week. It could happen this week too. So it's like, man, you, you just got to play ball. You know, if they want to go man, they probably were going to go man. You know, um, I don't know if the guys outside can handle it, but they're going to create some kind of exotic things to to figure out Tom. It's just like, if you do go zone, like just be disciplined because he knows where you're supposed to be. Right. So, so how about again, the, the, here's the big question. Cause Tom, I feel like at this point, you know, it's not, he, he's the goat, but the guy we're really terrified of if we're playing defense is Patrick Mahomes. What coverage can you actually play? Because I came away from that game the first time and I was like, damn, they ran too much man. <laughs> Well, really, it was just the the nine times they ran man, they they gave up bombs. It was like right. they, they were terrible when they did. Okay, you, you want to sit in too high, he's going to hurt you there too. So what are you doing coverage-wise? Is there even a good coverage for him? I think, um, like, quarters is tough. Can't really do you – can, you can kind of run cover too, but your, your hook players in any coverage you run – they have to be on the money. Explain you know? that to, you, to the people on my pod that don't know coverage. Yeah, so if you're in cover three, you know, you have two outside third corners, you have a deep middle safety, and then you have curl flat or buzz players, and then right near the hashes, you have two hook curl players. Mm -hmm. And those guys are responsible for hook curls and what have you, but they're also responsible if you get trips, which is three by one of – the third guy, if you're counting outside in, the third guy runs a deep over route. And that the weak hook guy has to pick that up. And it's it also just know where people are. You know, Tyreek Hill, if he's at the number two slot guy, he's probably getting the ball. If he's at number three slot guy, 
he's probably getting the ball. You right. Know? If you can just eliminate the explosive plays, right, then that that will give you a chance. Be, you know, because they're going to score twenty eight. Yeah, it's going to happen. You yeah. know. Oh, so you if like you just, the over? Yeah, I mean they're they're going to score points. That's just that's just a fact. That's just what they do. You know. So I I think of. It's it's just hard, man. <laughs> scramble drill, we hear about it nonstop. They're so good at the scramble drill. We never hear about and scramble drill being when the play breaks down, people are just running around like mad dogs uh, trying to get open and Pat Patrick is doing his thing. You don't hear about it from y'all's perspective, defensive backs a lot. So what goes into your head when you're getting ready to play a team like this that I don't think they're going to have as many extended looks because of the offensive line, but that's something you got to consider. Yeah, well, again, it goes back to like what kind of quarterback are you playing. You know, yeah. you have a guy who can who can just sling it from wherever. You know, one of the teams that was that's always really good at scramble drills was the Green Bay Packers or Aaron Rodgers. You know, and I found that out firsthand not only playing in Green Bay, but playing against Green Bay. Where if, so for example, I was covering James Jones and he ran an out route. If he did not get the ball, he took off. Turtleneck James Jones. Turtleneck James Jones. <laughs> <laughs> he ran an hour out and if he didn't get the ball he took off immediately yeah, right you know why because aaron can get it there mm-hmm. mahomes can get it there stafford josh allen he's gonna run around the circles they can get it there so you do know? you so know do you watch tape of tyree kill and be like when this goes three seconds i know where he's going what he's prone to do this is what travis kelsey does he's gonna sit down in his own he's gonna sit down in a spot and play you know he's gonna post you up you know and and right, hardman's you, you, gonna do x I just it's funny because I'm training guys for the um their pro days right now. And same thing is like guys have tendencies regardless. Yeah, you know, I remember Aubrey Pleasant, he's now he was in the Rams, he's now going to Detroit as a new defensive back coach, uh, which is gonna help them tremendously because he's he's unreal. But he used to come in when he did quality control for Washington and he he did like the the craziest two-minute presentation, and yeah. one of them was on Odell Beckham. And he said, listen, if Odell catches the football between the hash and the numbers, right. he is going to the house. Right. I'm just letting you guys know. And we're like, okay, like, what do you mean? He pulled up maybe 10 clips of him catching the ball, whether it was a slant, glance route, a shoot route, anything, anytime he caught the ball between the hash and numbers, he took it all the way to the house. And so teams started covering that area. Hash and numbers because he wants the ball now to go score. That's the thing that's scary about the Rams is the exodus of coaches and that sort of thing. Is like you they lost the, everybody. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be scary and they're gonna lose some guys in free agency. But who's the fish this weekend? No disrespect to anybody. Okay, fish is pejorative. But when we were defensive linemen in a D line room, we would huddle up like meatballs on a Friday watching pass rush tape, and we'd be like fighting over who wants reps on this guy you know like we call it the fish who's the fish sometimes you have a couple fishes out there if you're tampa's d-line you're thinking maybe i got two fishes out at tackle who's the defensive back that's going to get picked on the most this weekend well last game the fish was carton davis he gave you know tyreek had 200 yards i know but they you know i just felt like they left Um, him alone did they not they well i mean it was interesting so obviously he knows that he's going to come back but I'm interested to see how the Kansas City Chiefs corners play, both of them. I feel like those corners are going to get tested a lot. Yeah, 
For sure. And lastly, what did you think of the PI stuff last week before we bust out the, the wine? I'm glad they let him play. You like it. If the tug is subtle, like by the hip a little bit, I get it, you know, don't call it. But if I understand if it's like up by the shoulder pads and you turn the guy around, okay. But if it doesn't alter, then I wouldn't call it. Because at the same time, if the ball is coming and the receiver's near you, he's going to do some kind of lean, some kind of push. He's going to do something right. that's for him to get the football. So it was know, just such a hard right turn from what they've been doing. It was like nobody warned us that they were going to play like it was 1996 out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like we turned on the TV. I was like, fuck, that's not P.I. Okay, I'm cool. I'm a defensive dude. I like it. But golly, I mean. Like be consistent, you know. But that, but you know, right, before every game, what does the coach do? He tells you who the crew is, right? He lets you know, like, okay. That's an interesting tidbit that you bring up for people at home is before every game. Head coach, Saturday night, this is our crew, just like Will said. And for the D linemen, we'd focus on, you know, we'd hear them talk about this guy calls right. more PI than anybody. This guy calls more right. ICT than anybody, legal contact. Tendencies, right? Yeah, these, they have the tendencies rest. like us. Right. So you go in and you kind of know that. I'd be interested to see if that crew, that was a tendency breaker for them. No, and, I, and I will go, and I would pregame, I will go talk to, you know, the back judge, the side judge, like, hey, like, what's the deal? You yeah. know, and have con- I will have conversation with them. Um, and they just, they kind of let me know, like, hey, we'll, we let you get away with this. Just be careful with this. Be careful with that. So I right. got to, just by being cool, I get, I got a shitload of warnings. Yeah, I got called a motherfucker by a referee. I Did just, you really? Listen, yeah, because I just, so you got you to gotta be like me, though. We, listen, you I had got, the I, politics down where no, you were kind of like, no, hey, you had a, that mall back lately? Anyways, are you no, calling a lot even, of no, OPI? No, even worse, even worse. And I got, a, I posted it on Twitter that when we played the Bengals in London, when I was in Washington, I went over, my family flew out to London, and I went over to the sideline, and one of the refs was there, and I gave, I gave him our daughter. <laughs> no, you did not. Oh, yeah, I got a picture of the ref. And our daughter. This I'll, is I'll text, whose money you're you. taking off the table, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Official. If you call this flag, if you call me, she can't eat. That's so right? funny, dude. The 55th big game is this weekend. 55. A game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. To finish off the football season, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all players a no-brainer of an offer. To celebrate football's finale, DraftKings Sportsbook is doubling your money if a touchdown scored in the big game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code GREENLIGHT to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown scored in Sunday's game. That's promo code GREENLIGHT to get a shot at doubling your money during Sunday night's season finale, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So what we have here today, Cowboy Reed, is we've got six wines, yeah? Eight. Ooh, eight. I'm going to be fucked up. Eight wines? Then get a, no, get a spit bucket unless you want to get drunk. No, I'm not going to get drunk. I'm, I'm, I'm going to drink them all, but I'm not going to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get drunk, man. I just want to taste the wine. So, uh, Reed, Cowboy Do Reed. Do you wear green every show? You know what? That's a good question. A lot of times I wear black because it's slimming, but then I got skinny and people are telling me I look sick. I'm no. offended by that. You know I mean, who looks amazing? Uh, Joe Staley. He's out here training. Joe Staley's run. Joe Staley's ripped now, huh? He looks great. He looks like he looks like he's about to pass rush. He's doing the Joe Thomas thing. 
Is that what he's doing? I don't know, but I just figure that's what all these these uh, O linemen are doing after they retire. Just, they, just eating cowboy ribeyes. Well, they're drink they're eating algae and shit. They're going in the the smoothie shop and getting the wheatgrass, and that's like what they're living off of, like some manatees. Oh. So basically, the WSET level two systematic approach to tasting wine. <laughs> is appearance nose palate and conclusions that's what it's all about and you have you should have a descriptor sheet on the other one. Oh, i got a wset level two wine lexicon lexicon <laughs> supporting the wset level two systematic approach to tasting wine of course this is comprised of the aroma and flavor with a O-U-R. So we know we are bougie in this motherfucker. Or, 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 we're in, or we're in London. Yes, or we're in London, which is automatically bougie. But I love it. I love London. Flavor characteristics. Spice slash vegetable. Tell me what this means. Tannin. Tannin. So in a, it's only in a red wine. And so if you take a sip of a red wine and you swish it around, it's the grippy feeling on, on your mouth it's kind of like it's binding to you exactly the tannins bind to the saliva and create the dry feeling. so think of like if you bit the skin of a grape and you get like that bitter dryness yeah, yeah. that's where the tannins come from got it so acidity it's- how can how can i how can you tell the acidity how much your mouth waters okay if your mouth is watering a lot afterwards yeah so think of like think of like eating a sour patch kid right so it's not good if you have an acidic wine no you no acidic acidity is good okay 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 sweetness i know what that is flavor characteristics finish what's the finish how long it stays there in your palate okay quality i know quality when i see it (laughs) when i see it (laughs) and when i taste it uh and then uh we got things like floral green fruit citrus citrus stone tropical fruit red fruit black fruit dried fruit so basically when when guys here's the thing when when people blind taste it's like really a process of elimination like each varietal and each region has a certain style so the more you taste wine the more you get to know about each style so it's literally a process of elimination what's okay i'm gonna Oh, look at these wines. Look at these got us out here in these nice wine glasses we have. So I'm not going to mess. I forgot my flannel and plaid. You guys are just. So look at that. Yeah, well, we're white guys that live in Virginia. We pretty much, that flannel is like the only pattern in our closet. Look at that. That's snazzafraz. Yeah, this is really snazzafraz, dude. This is a Traeger uh, tray. Thank you to our friends at Traeger. Um, I love my my Traeger. Isn't it great? Oh, my God. The good folks at Traeger. I I made our Thanksgiving turkey on the Traeger this year. So did I. It was money. It came out awesome. People were nervous, but it I nailed it. Start with one, the white one wines. Through eight. We're going to start with the white wines, okay? Yeah, that's that's how you do a formal tasting. You start with white wines. I got some water here. I drink a lot of water now. Cleanse the palate. You know about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> white wine number one, Franzia Chardonnay boxed wine, $17 for five liters or three twenty-five a bottle. This is the first white wine here, okay? Okay, so before you drink it, you need to look at it. So clarity, is it clear? Meaning like there's nothing like floating, nothing weird, right? It's clear. No, it looks pretty clear to me. I mean, yep. and that's you why can we, see, yeah. You can see through it, right? It's pale. Yeah. It's pale. It's kind of now, pinkish what, almost. You think it's pinkish? Well, it's it's not pink. It's just less, it's not, I wouldn't call this. Is it lemon gold? Mm. Yeah, it's like, it's more goldy than okay. uh, condition. So call it gold. 
It's clean. It does, it's not pungent. Okay. It's not intense. Now use your lexicon. Aroma. <laughs> this is awesome. What about any citrus fruit? I trimmed Let's my nose there. hairs today. This is perfect. That's terrible. But it's not terrible. It's good that the wine goes straight into my in my sinuses. Let's start with citrus fruit. What do you get? Citrus fruit. I'm getting um it smells like a white girl's bachelorette party. Oh Lord have mercy. <laughs> Let's start with citrus fruit. Do you yeah. get anything? Lemon. No. I, th I think a little more floral. Okay. That's all I got, dude. All right. Well, uh, let's go to the palate then. Okay, just take a sip. Palate. Okay. That's the, <laughs> you need a sip. You look thirsty. Swish it around. Swish it around. Mm. Is your mouth watering a little bit? Just hold your tongue out a little bit. Go, uh, yeah. Yeah, my mouth's watering, dude. It's okay. highly acidic. <laughs> it's an acidic white no okay and what it, about flavors take another sip switch it around yeah, yeah, give me yeah, some yeah, flavors for sure for sure for sure i love i love booze it's not bitter what flavors you getting uh maybe a little hibiscus flower okay you just saying that <laughs> <laughs> no i think it's I, I i taste um you don't get any citrus fruit any like like you don't it's taste not citrusy like no it's not what about stone fruit? You get peach, you get apricot, nectarine. What about tropical fruit? You get mango, lychee. Ooh. I think I might be getting some lychee. Really? It's sweet like that? No, it's not like a lychee. That that shit is like more like a sultana. I see that here on level two wine <laughs> lexicon. He's like, this is gonna be a rough tasting. It is a rough tasting, bro. I'm bad at this. Guess um, what? Just guess anything. Sutter Home. What varietal? Oh, it's uh it's a white wine. It's uh listen, I used to eat or drink Pinot Grigio in college. Um it's not Pinot, it's something else. Um what is it Sauvignon Blanc? I think it's Sauvignon Blanc. You were close with it smells like a white girl's bachelor party, mm -hmm. bachelorette party. Yeah. It's Franzia Chardonnay boxed wine. That's Franzia, dude. I like Franzia. Okay. Every man wine drinker here. So yeah, that was I'm, Franzia. I'm, I'm fair game, bro. White wine number two, Marisol Closed Du Cromin 2016 for $60. Ooh, this one smells sharper. Like this thing's more, it's kind of, it's kind of funky. Hmm. Like aromatic? Like big. Yeah, it's aromatic. It's aromatic. It's, um, it's a little yellower than the last one. Okay. You know? I smell like spice. Okay. So you're in, you're in the group now. I, now you yeah. sound like yeah. a song. Yeah. Okay. I'm smelling some spice in this lexicon. France? Maybe this was, this feels French. Um, Take a sip. Okay. It's bitter. It's like kind of like, you know, gives you the chills a little bit when it goes down. It's got that sharp, bitter taste. I like, I like the taste of this wine. I don't think it's as acidic as Franzia. We'll try it again. Okay. Hold on. Whew. That's like the, you know, like it's got, it's got that going on. It's got like the, the cop and dumb and dumber. It's got the, this thing is, is unique of all the whites I've had. This is up there. Um, I do like the taste of this one. This one, this one's a good one. This is number one so far. This is a good, solid, well-made wine, 80 to 84. I'll give it an 81.
This is a Merceau Clause du Cronin. Oh, Merceau. That's a good wine, by the way. That's a good wine, right? That's a great wine. Would you put that in the 80 to 84 range? Um, I put it maybe a little higher. Wow. See, I'm a tough critic. White wine number three, Antiquum Farm Daisy Pinot Gris for $30. This one smells like Miller High Life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so This uh, one's more floral. Yeah, this is like uh, grapefruit. Okay. Yeah, it's like a citrus. I think you're getting a, but it's not that. Is I, it more of a tree fruit? Yeah, I think it's a tree fruit. Like an apple or a pear or. Yeah, I think it's more, it's more of a, tr- a fruit that grows in a tree. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think, Will, that this one's a. You get any tropical fruits? Yeah, it's a little more tropical, bro. It's a little like more pine- tropical. You're getting pineapple, any pineapple, take a little sip, any pineapple in there. If my pineapple tasted like that, I would think somebody was drugging me. It tastes like alcohol. <laughs> All right. So, so right now, Will, what I have is not recommended. 50 to 74. I would not recommend this to any of my Somaliers. Somali. Somalier. I know. I'm All fucking right. with you. White, white, three is a, white three is a Pinot Gris. Yeah, that was, you know what, in college... At one point, we had a health guy come through and tell our team, hey, guys in the NFL, they drink wine to be healthier. So we would drink like uh, the huge 7-Eleven bottles of Pinot Grigio in one sitting and thinking we were cheating getting blackout drunk. That probably brought me back to those days. Red wine number one, Fess Parker's Ashley Pinot Noir 2018 for $50. Red one. This is I'm more into red wine, dude. Okay. To be honest, when I do have it, I'm a big fan. All right, now let's let's use the brain here. Now, okay, I'm okay? using the brain. Brain is on. I'm just not a big white wine guy, dude. This thing barely has a smell. Swish it. <laughs> oh man, major um, acidity, right? Some yeah, very bait. yeah, acidity. My mouth's watering. Um, yep. Very bitter. Bitter as in the dryness, or bitter just like. The it's taste, because it, it's red wine. It's yeah, bitter, but 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 it's on the scale of. Do you like coffee? I don't drink coffee. Well, there you go. That's why it's bitter to you. I think I feel this one. Let me see. <laughs> this one works fast. Okay, this is like a fast acting wine. So, what flavors are you getting? Let's start with red fruits because it's a red wine. What okay. red fruit flavors are you getting? Red Give fruit. I'm getting closer to. Ooh, it's almost oaky. Cali plum. Okay. Am I off there? Is that, if you taste plum, you taste plum. Yeah, that's right. This motherfucking plum. What else do you taste? I taste, Take a sip. Take I a taste sip. oak. It tastes like the scotch of Take wine. Take a sip because it wore off. Plum or cranberry? You get cranberry? I don't get something that's sweet. I get something that's more like... That's not sweet. That's tart. Yeah, tart, right? Yep. Um. So yeah, that's what I got there. What do you think the wine is? Well, I'll tell you what it is. Uh... <laughs> I think it's I think it's mediocre, seventy five to seventy nine. What is it? It's a Pinot Noir, fifty bucks. Fest Parker Pinot Noir. Fest Parker. Red wine number two, Dark Horse Merlot, seven dollars. Ooh, this one's got an interesting floral smell to it. I think. Okay, like violets. Sure, you know. <laughs> you know, you got to understand here. You know, I I don't. You never smell the violet. I mean, I have, but I don't, you know, I, I just, I don't discriminate with flowers, man. I just, they're all great. 
Yeah, it smells like violet. And taste wise, it you know, this thing is like dark. Okay. Yeah, it's opaque, right? You can't see through it. This has got an interesting taste to it. You got some mocha in there. Yeah, it's like heavier, tobacco, like yeah. tobacco leaf, like yes. tomato leaf. Yes, it's not fruity. Right. Oh yeah, this is like um, woody. It's like. Yep. I'm sitting in a. It's from in a cigar oak, lounge. Sure. Huh? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. Good. All those are good. That's all good. I think it's good, solid, well made. Eighty to eighty-four. So it's a Merlot. I love Merlot, dude. Dark Horse Merlot, seven dollars. Seven dollars. You're a simple man, dog. I mean, it's good. It's solid, bro. It's it's solid. Um, I'm not above Dark Horse Merlot. <laughs> Red wine number three. Mount Peak Sentinel Cabernet Sauvignon 2014 for $60. Not as intense. Get a little swirl. Yeah, you're right. That's what you got to do, right? That's what you were doing at um, that restaurant when you first <laughs> learned what wine was. Wow, that's um, one of those things that you described. It just did. Um, it's tannin. A lot of tannin here, right? Yep, high tannin. Yep. Fuck yeah, dude. Will, that was my aha them? moment. This is the moment where you, I, you just looked at me. You're like, that you might have something here, Chris. You might be <laughs> a sommelier one day. I, I don't know if I was there, but okay. Well, I kind of saw the look. You know what? I just got in the mail. Not to interrupt. I just got To's wine. To's wine. Shout out to To's wine. What is it? Eighty-one vino. That's sick. I actually like the label a lot. Yeah, and the folk, and the the label is like the the grip from the pigskin. Like it's pretty oh my cool. God, dude. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty genius. If you drink that wine with a broken ankle, you'll be back on the field in a week. Just drink like five bottles of that shit. It'll heal yeah, I'll you. Put it, I'll put it right next to uh, right next to to you know. Young oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, I got to get him to sign this. Look at that. To's this a man. T this to was an absolute mutant. He was a Probably. dog, bro. Dallas, Dallas to. All right, I got. Oh man, it tastes like um, this is the oaky. This is the oaky one. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Am I right on the right track there? Yeah, they definitely barrel age. Okay, this is embarrassing. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Red fruits. Let's go plum. Okay. Um, that's like your, like your go-to red yeah. <laughs> I love this wine. I like this wine. It's smooth, man. Very this good. Smooth, A yeah. wine with special qualities. Eighty-five to eighty-nine. Okay, Cabernet Sauvignon. What is this? Uh, it's a heavy. Is this a heavy cab? Yeah, California cab. Is California it? Mount Peak Sentinel. I love Mount Peak. There we go, dude. I'm telling you. Red wine number four, Cote du Rhone for twenty seven dollars. Yeah, you're never gonna guess this one. Never say never, dude. I'm saying never. Remember, always start with red fruits when you taste. Okay, good, good, good. Oh, this thing is like high tannin low acidity and not a bold flavor i'm picking up tropical fruit this time you are hints of tropical fruit hints of ooh pineapple way off okay which fruit is it you tell me <laughs> cuz i'm never going to know did you say plum no yeah yeah no i i keep going this to one, this this one should have more of more of like a like a blackberry type of fruit. Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me... No, I'll try it. This is the way my brain works. Yeah, that's how everyone brains work. 
I could see Blackberry there. I could definitely see Blackberry. I'm going to give that wine a... It's a solid wine. It's on the edge of being mediocre. It's like an 80. What is that wine? It's a uh, Cote du Rhone. It's called Cote du Rhone, but they don't tell you, again, the varietal because it's French. So Cote du Rhone makes Syrah. So that was a Syrah wine. Okay, Syrah. Red wine number five, Gevray Chambertin Litrio Burgundy 2016 for $90. So here's the final wine. I'd say I'm acing this thing, Will. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, you have to get this one. Oh, I like this one. You have to get this one. I like this one. It's not like overly smelly. As you this guys is like, say. this is this is like the perfect finish to this pod. Like you have to get this one. Well, you've said it a couple times. It's one. It's a wine that I've heard of. It's not Opus because he wouldn't go get Opus. It's on the fringes of the budget I gave Reed. I'm getting dried fruit. Yes. Yes. I think it's a fig. Yes. <laughs> I really like this. 90 outstanding what is it burgundy it's a burgundy <laughs> of course it's a burgundy man it's a true burgundy too this is from france it's a real burgundy and this is an expensive burgundy. which region i know i have a snobby nose gervais chambatin burgundy man it is 90 bucks Ooh, this is the real deal that we're drinking good deal. at the studios here he went high level so, by the way i'm launching a new pod all right, plug it, dude. What we got? Yeah, it's the wine EVP with Will Blackman. Wow. The whole, you... the whole wine yards, baby. So basically, if I come on this pod, I just drink wine on the other end? Is that the... You can drink, you can drink whatever you want because we're going to... I talk wine, whiskey, beer, Ooh. cigars. I do all the above, man. You need What you need is a correspondent for the non-alcoholic vices. Cigars. Sounds good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're a motherfucker uh, well, <laughs> alright so you gotta check out the wine MVP podcast when is it coming and on what platforms next Wednesday on all platforms Spotify, Apple, all the above there we go dude well, now we gotta do some home and homes okay? No, this is, and this is breaking news I had told no one this damn dude I like green this light, guy, dude. Light. The green light. The, <laughs> the green, green light, light plug. Hey, the green light plug is worth a little sum. It's not, you know, it ain't like being on 60 Minutes now, but we got some. Give me the green light. <laughs> <laughs> Will Blackman, awesome I guest. Know. It was great talking football and wine, man. You got to come back some other time. And, and if, if I'm lucky, we'll I'll do beer. Uh, huh, yeah, let's do beer. All right, man. Good talking to you. And uh, just hit me up and, and I'll come on the show, dude. My man. Appreciate it. Okay, dude. Thanks so much. I'm